Hey everybody, you're listening to the Legacy Church Podcast. Legacy Church is a multi-generational church that exists to worship God, become like Jesus, and bring hope to our community. Today, we're sharing a message from our current series. We believe that the Word of God is powerful and has real-life application to our lives today. We hope that this message encourages you. Get connected and learn more about us by visiting our website at lgcy.church. Hey, Legacy Church, Pastor Matt here. I just want to say happy Easter, happy Resurrection Weekend. We're so thankful that you've decided to spend a part of your weekend with us today. Maybe this is your first time coming to church. Maybe this is your first time watching church. Maybe your mom or your grandma guilted you into watching. And I don't know why you're here today. I don't know, but we just want to say welcome. We are a church full of imperfect people in pursuit of a perfect God. Now, I want to start here in John 3.16, and this is the ballpark scripture. Come on, this is the scripture that we see at football games, at hockey. We see them at baseball games. It's John 3.16. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Maybe today you're here. Maybe today you're watching this. Maybe it's this week. Maybe you're watching this. Uh, The reason that he has you here is to show you that he loves you, that Jesus loves you. On Friday, the OG Easter, the original Easter weekend, on Friday, Jesus went to the cross to pay the price for our sins, to pay the price of death. But on Sunday, Sunday was a different story. Today, I'm going to be reading from Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 8, and it says this, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices that they had prepared, and they went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the son of man must be delivered over the hands of sinners, be crucified on the third day, be raised again. Then they remembered his words. Today, if you're taking notes, I'm going to title this on the other side. Again, I'm going to title this on the other side. See, the angel in this moment, the angels, which those men, they didn't recognize them in this moment. They were angels. They asked them this question. Why do you look for the living among the dead? See, every day in our life, every day in our lives, they are filled with questions. There are questions that we ask ourselves every day. What should I wear? Should I decide to comb my hair this morning? What's the weather going to be like today? Come on, we're in that season right now in Canada where one day we could be wearing shorts and the next day we're wearing our winter coats again. So what's the weather going to be like today? How am I going to fit in everything that I have to do today? How am I going to fit everything that I have to do this weekend? But a lot of times there are a lot bigger questions that have to be asked. There are a lot bigger questions that we ask like, why am I here? Why am I here in Hamilton? Why am I 
I here in Kitchener? Why am I here in Ontario? Why am I here? Is this it? Is this all there is to life? Is there life after death? Come on, those are questions that get deeper as we begin to understand and as we begin to ask those questions. Is there more on the other side of what I'm going through? See, in this culture and in this world, we tend to go through a lot of things. And so things can compile and they can go uh, against each other. And we tend to ask that question, is there more to this? Is there more on the other side of what I'm going through? It feels like it's never going to end. But can I say that this weekend, Easter weekend, this Resurrection Sunday is just that it's about resurrection. Resurrection is the idea of life coming back into something that was previously dead. But not just life on the other side of death, a transformed life on the other side of death. Now, death isn't always physical in our lives. It isn't always physical in our circumstances. Have you ever experienced something in your life that felt like a death? Like in, for some of us, there could have been a literal death in our family, a family member. There could have been a relationship that has just gone by and it, we can look at that as a death. There could be a career that we can look at and say, that's done, it's over. There could be a dream that has died in our life. There could be hope or purpose that has died in our life, in our situation. See, when we're walking through these things, we understand this. When you're going through it, it's hard to see something on the other side. It's hard to see how this moment or how this situation is going to end. So we tend to, again, ask this question, is this it? Is there, is there more than just this uh, when we see the death and the resurrection of Jesus, we see this all throughout nature, but somehow when it comes to our lives, it's hard to believe the resurrection is possible. In our situation, we look at it as we're walking through it and we seem to think that resurrection seems impossible in our situation, that resurrection seems impossible through what we just walked through or what we're current, currently walking through. But we see in John 11 verses 1 through 44, and we're going to go through this in just a moment. But we see an everyday guy who was resurrected from the dead in this moment. See, in this story in John, there was a man who was named Lazarus. He lived in a town called Bethany, and he was there with his sisters, Mary and Martha. And so the two sisters in this moment, because he had passed, the two sisters sent a message to Jesus in this moment, telling him, your best friend is sick. Your best friend is is not going to make it. And so we pick up in verse four. It says, when Jesus heard it, he said, this sickness will not end in death, but it is for the glory of God so that uh, the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha, her sister, and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place that he was. See, that's very odd. If it was uh, that word came back to you or me that our best friend or a family member was sick and was dying, what would you do? You would immediately go to that place. But instead in this moment, what does Jesus do? He stays where he was for two days. So he stays 
stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after that, he said to the disciples, let's go to Judea again. Rabbi, the disciples told him, just now the Jews tried to stone you and you're going there again. Are there 12 hours in a day? Jesus answered. If anyone walks during the day, he doesn't stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks during the night, he does stumble because the light is not in him. He said this, and then he told them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm on my way to wake him up. See, fast forward a little bit, and Jesus arrives in Bethany at this point. Uh, when Jesus arrives in Bethany, Lazarus has been dead for four days already at this moment. Now, what we must understand, and what I said earlier, is that Lazarus was a very close friend of Jesus. And what we have to understand is where Jesus was located when, we, when he originally got this news was just a short distance away from where Lazarus was. It was a short travel. It was a short trip. See, like I said earlier, if this was my friend, if this was my family, I would have dropped everything that I was going to do to go and make sure my friend was okay, to go and make sure they didn't need any help. But as we pick up in verse 21, here's what happens. Then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had just been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Yet even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Your brother will rise again, Jesus told her. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? See, Mary, in this, in this moment, she was filled with emotion. She was crying. She was saying, Jesus, if you were just here, my brother wouldn't have died. If you were just here, if you would have just came sooner, if you would have just came in the moment that I really needed you. But in this moment, Jesus kind of got upset at what was being said here. And so we pick up in verse 34. Where have you put him, he asked. Lord, they told him, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could he who opened the blind man's eyes also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Remove the stone, Jesus said. Martha, the dead man's sister, told him, Lord, there is already a stench because he has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, didn't I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you heard me. I know that you always hear me, but because of this crowd standing here, I said this so that they may believe that you sent me. After he said, he shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, bound head to foot with linen strips and with his face wrapped in cloth. Jesus said to them, unwrap him and let him go. 
See, isn't it interesting that Lazarus was one of Jesus' closest friends? Isn't it interesting that he was one of his closest friends? We could consider them BFFs. But in this moment, yet Jesus allowed him to die. Jesus uh, didn't rush to the scene, but it took time for him to come because there was a purpose behind it. Can I tell you this, that closeness and proximity, the closeness and relationship with God does not guarantee an ease of life. See, when we go through difficult situations, we immediately think that God must, must be punishing us. We, we, must, we, we begin to think, God, do you even like me? We begin to think, or, or maybe we're in this circumstance and we say, well, maybe I just don't have enough faith. But here, this was not the case in this moment with Lazarus. This is someone who, of all people in Scripture, and very few of whom it says that Jesus loved. And that love that is talked about in this passage uh, comes from this word phileo, which refers to a brotherly love. And it's most often exhibited in a very close relationship. So we can see that they were very close, that they loved each other very much as brothers tend to love each other. But in verse 5 and verse 6, Lazarus' death was not only good for uh, the good of Jesus to be glorified, it was also for the good of Lazarus and his sisters. See, God was going to transform their situation through this entire process. But Jesus delayed and let the process of death happen, not because he hated them, but because he loved them. He knew that there would be good that would come on the other side of this situation. He knew that there would be good that would come on the other side of this death. He knew that there would be good that would come in your situation on the other side of the situation that you're walking through. In this moment, Lazarus is dead, but Jesus is rejoicing, saying, I'm glad that Lazarus is dead. This is weird, right? When we read this and we think about this, uh, it's his best friend. It doesn't seem like as we're reading this and as we're looking through this story that they sound like friends. Well, I'm glad that he's dead. It was because Jesus knew of the life that would come through the resurrection. It was because Jesus knew of the good that would become because of the resurrection on the other side of the storm, on the other side of the situation, on the other side of the trial. He knew the good that would come. Can I say this to you today? Do you think that you could rejoice in the middle of your death? Do you think that you could rejoice in the middle of the circumstance that you're walking through? Do you think you could rejoice in the middle of the the struggle that you're going through, if you knew what was coming on the other side, if you knew what was coming on the other side of your circumstance, if you knew what was coming on the other side of that difficult relationship, if you knew what was coming. See, it was important to note in this moment that Lazarus was dead long enough that no one could misinterpret the miracle that took place. See, in this time and in this culture, Jewish superstition, uh, or common belief in this culture was that after the three days that the spirit left the person, that no one could be resuscitated. So they believed that after three days, the spirit would leave and no one could be resuscitated, that, the, that it was final and that it was done. Once the body started to decompose, they believed that death was irreversible. 
But let me tell you this, what the world says is irreversible. God says to get up and live. What the world says is impossible. God says to get up and stand up in your situation. When the world says it can never happen, when the world says it can never turn around, God says it is not done, it is not finished, it is not over. See, everyone and everything around you could be telling you that it's over. Everyone in your situation, maybe family members, maybe some of those crazy people that you follow on Facebook, they say, it can't be done, it is over, it is impossible, there is no hope, but Jesus says, in your situation, I'm just getting started. Jesus says, in your circumstance, I'm not finished. See, he's not bound by the rules of this world. Jesus knew the death of Lazarus would strengthen them, would strengthen their faith, would strengthen their belief, would strengthen who they were. He knows that the pain will ultimately strengthen us to become stronger, to, be, to become greater, to stand up in our situation. See, are you willing to accept his resurrection? Are you willing to accept his timing? Are you willing to accept his way? I think about this uh, so often, and I was thinking about this this week, in, in particular in the idea of metamorphosis. If you know what metamorphosis is, as a caterpillar uh, lives a certain type of life, they're limited a lot of times to just crawling very slowly on the ground and on things and moving slowly throughout life. But there is this process called metamorphosis where that caterpillar uh, will form what is called a, con a cocoon. And when some people, we think of cocoons, we think of them and we look at them and they don't look very nice. They look very drab. They almost look very much like a coffin of sorts. See, these cocoons, they are a resting place. Uh, but here's what's so interesting. Inside the cocoon, there is no resting going on. It's actually... Uh, Contrary to what we would believe, there is a lot of activity that is taking place inside the cocoon. See, the caterpillar in this moment is transforming into a new creature. But what, re what it requires is the old caterpillar's body to die, to be broken down, to be turned into something new and something amazing. See, it's during this death process that true transformation takes place. It's in the middle of these hard situations that transformation takes place. And, and when we see that that cocoon comes open, that butterfly comes out, what used to be a slow moving caterpillar, transforms and, and, and emerges as this beautiful butterfly with colorful wings, now colorful uh, body, able to fly, able to move about, able to pollinate, able to travel long distances at a faster pace. See, in life, it sometimes takes the process of death. It sometimes takes the process of the hard situation. It sometimes takes the process of the difficult relationship to bring new life. When we look at this maybe in the context uh, of a farmer or someone who plants seeds. We look at this in the context of a seed. A seed must be buried in the ground. It must die and be buried in the ground in order to produce something so much greater than what it was intended for when it first went in the ground. See, the seed through the process of germination, the seed through the process has to have a death to become a tree, to become a plant, to become a flower. Something 
something that can bring harvest uh, that is much greater than the small thing that it went in the ground as. It brings a harvest of life. It brings a harvest of beauty. It brings a harvest of things that can sustain us and help us move through. Now, some of us, we feel like we're in that death process right now. We feel like we're in that death season right now. But that it's in, in that moment of the in-between. It just means that Jesus hasn't arrived yet and that he's on his way. It means that your transformation hasn't been completed yet, but Jesus is on his way. It means that your seed is still in the ground. It is working. It is beginning to work. It is beginning to form what it needs to form in order to create a great harvest. See, when we look at the cross on this Easter Sunday, when we look at the cross, the cross was just one side of the story. See, Jesus didn't stay on the cross. That's just one side of the story. See, I think so often a lot of times in our life, we can get stuck in the burial. We can get stuck with Jesus on the cross. We can get stuck in this cocoon moment. We can even get stuck in the grave of our situation. But can I tell you something? And if you hear anything from me today, is that Jesus rose from the grave. He didn't stay in the grave. He didn't stay in the tomb. He wasn't, he didn't stay on the cross. Jesus rose from the grave. In this moment that we just read uh, from in the story of Lazarus, Jesus said, get up, unwrap your grave clothes. You are no longer dead. He said, get up from your situation. Get up from what you're walking through. Get up. I think about this uh, in the story of a young man who started attending our church in the last number of years, and his name is Dave. And I love Dave. Dave is such a, uh, an encouraging man. And, uh, but I just wanted to tell this story because I thought it was so important, especially on this Resurrection Sunday. Now, Dave joined the military uh, in, uh, around 2002, about the age of 16. And right before he left for duty, he started attending church with his mom and his sister. But as he went on to duty and as he went on to serving uh, in the military there, he didn't really keep his faith going. He wasn't reading his word and he quickly began to lose direction of that thing that was a seed that was planted planted in him before he had left. And he had a, he, he went on to have a great career in the military. But as he was going through these things, he began Again, starting dealing with depression in his life. He started dealing with substance abuse. He, he had a lot of failed relationships that just didn't amount to much. He started dealing with anger issues inside of himself. And it, was, it wasn't until about 2021 uh, when Dave retired from the military that he was officially diagnosed with something called OSI, which stands for Operational Stress Injuries. And so he began to deal with these OSI, this thing in his life. And so he had a friend that he ran into that invited him to come here to Legacy Church a few years ago. And so as he began to come after about four weeks, and uh, as he tells the story, uh, he talks about how every time he came to church, that the power of God was on him and he couldn't help but to cry in every service that he came in. So after about four weeks of attending church, 
He, he realized that his OSI began to catch up to him, that it began to affect him in a certain way. And so one night after a night of heavy drinking, Dave uh, attempted to take his own life. He attempted to take his own life with a pistol that he had, and he put that pistol on the bottom of his jawline. And, and as he began to squeeze the trigger, as he began to maybe say in that moment what he thought was his final, uh, his final moment of life on this earth, he closed his eyes and he heard a voice on the inside of him that told him to change the angle. And so right before he pressed that trigger, and I know this is a hard uh, story to listen to, but right before he moved, he pulled that trigger, he changed that angle, and, and that uh, bullet didn't affect him. It didn't kill him in the way that he, it had intended to in the beginning of that moment. And so suddenly, uh, life became increasingly difficult as they rushed into the hospital. They began to try to save certain things that were going on and deal with certain things. But life became increasingly difficult for Dave after this moment. People that he thought would stand by him, people that he thought would, would be around him and be uh, with him to support him, start to shun him. They start to abandon him because of this moment that he decided that he wanted to end his life. And Dave says this, that it was probably the most difficult moment in his life. It was probably the most difficult season of his life, but he was still alive. And it was in that moment of recovery in the hospital that be, he began to watch, just like you're watching today, he began to watch Legacy Church online and, and God began to move in his life and God began to deal with him in that moment. And in that moment was when his faith got reignited. It got reignited uh, in that moment. And he it contributes this part of his life, this part of his story, uh, to, and the transformation that began to take place to getting closer to God in that moment. And so uh, as he began to watch those services online, as he began to participate in those services online, there was a prayer that came up at the end and he gave his life to Jesus in that moment. See, in that moment, it seemed difficult as he was in the hospital. In that season, it was difficult. It seemed like it was a death. It seemed like everything was over, but God was actually working at transforming him from the inside out. And I am so excited to say that exactly one year ago today, we were uh, uh, honored and privileged to be able to baptize Dave on Easter Resurrection Sunday. Come on, that is a transformation. That is a life change. That is a situation coming from death to life. And so I love Dave and I'm so thankful for Dave. See, many times the death of something in our lives is making room for something so much greater. But the question is today, do you believe it? Do you believe it? Going back into John, uh, verses 21 through 26. Then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had just been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Yet even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give it to you. Your brother will rise again, Jesus told her. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. But Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he does, will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? 
Do you believe this? I'm asking you that today. Do you believe this? Do you believe in this resurrection power that we're talking about? God wants this resurrection power to not just be an abstract truth, something that we hope for in the by and by, but resurrection is for us to have a personal experience in our present circumstances. See, if you believe in him, if you make him like like Dave, if you make him a part of your life, he can be your resurrection today. He can be your resurrection. You can be sure that on the other side of whatever you're facing, on the other side of whatever you're going through in this life or even the life to come, that he's going to bring victory and transformation into your life. Romans 8:11 says, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. See, this was never meant to be some abstract myth. It's meant to change the way that we live. See, maybe you're watching today. Maybe you're here today and you're, uh, you're wondering, do I really believe all of this is true? Or maybe you've been a Christian before and your life maybe hasn't just turned out the way that you thought it was. But even when we achieve our dreams, it seems like there's always emptiness. It seems like there's always a void on the inside of us, like something is missing. See, we're always looking for the next thing in life. But if there could just be this moment, if there could just be this understanding to do this and have that, that I would just be happy. But maybe you've been saying, there's gotta be more to life than this. John 6, 35 says, uh, it talks about Jesus here. It says, I am the bread of life. See, Jesus is the one person who can satisfy that hunger deep inside of you. Jesus is the one person that can fill that void that has been missing, that you know has been missing for a long, long time. Now, uh, if you know of Freddie Mercury, he said this, Freddie Mercury said, you can have everything in the world and still be the loneliest man. And that's the most bitter type of loneliness. Success has brought me the world the world's idolization. It has brought me millions of pounds, but it prevents me from having the one thing we all need, a loving and ongoing relationship. See, I believe that, I, I, I pray that Freddie had an encounter with Jesus before he died. I pray that he had that opportunity to fill that loneliness, to fill that void that he encountered in his life. See, Jesus is the way to a totally loving and ongoing relationship forever with God. Jesus is the way to a resurrection life, a life that death has no hold over, and a abundant life, a life that is fulfilled. John 10, 10, I have come that they, that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Can I tell you today that God loves you? He sent his son to die for you and for me. He took all of our guilt. He took all of our shame. He took our past and he took our failures. See, when we receive forgiveness, we can experience the resurrection life in all of its fullness. 
I don't know about you, but I would encourage you today. If you're feeling that, if you feel that way, like Freddie Mercury said, if you feel that way of a void, of a loneliness, of something on the inside of you that you're trying to fill, maybe you're trying to fill that with drugs, maybe with alcohol, maybe with relationships. I don't know what it is for you today, but I believe that if you would say yes to inviting Jesus to become a part of your life, that it would change your life, that it would take you from death to life, just like that, that caterpillar. Life seems to be moving slow. It doesn't seem to be that great, but in that moment of death, in that process of metamorphosis, that life could become something beautiful, that life could become something so much more than what it is today. If you would just allow Jesus to come into your heart, to transform you from the inside out, and to make you a new creature, to make you a new creation. And I believe that today. If you would just say yes to inviting Jesus into your life, I would guarantee you that your life would turn around, that your life would change, that you would have a body of people here at Legacy Church that would stand with you through every circumstance, that would stand with you through every trial, through every trouble, knowing that we have a God who is so much greater than what we are currently walking through. I believe that on the other side, there is great life. If you would, I just want to pray for you today. And maybe you're watching today. Maybe you're watching maybe later this week. And you say, I don't know that I have a relationship with Jesus and I want to invite him in my life. I want to invite him in to transform me, like you said, from the inside out. And so I would encourage you today, if that's you, there is no pressure, but I, I, I'm telling you, when I said yes to Jesus as an eight-year-old boy on my bed in a small town in West Virginia, it was the greatest decision that I could have ever made in my entire life. I do not regret that decision one day in my life. And today I I want to extend that opportunity to you. Today, I want to give you that moment to say yes to Jesus, to invite him in, to fill that void, to invite him in to your circumstance. So if that's you today, we want to pray with you, but I want you to repeat this with me, if you would. It says, God, thank you for sending Jesus to save me. Today, I repent of my sins. Thank you for living for me, dying for me, and redeeming me. Today, I give you my life. Change me, renew me, transform me. I am yours in Jesus' name. Come on, let's celebrate today as we welcome those who said yes to Jesus. And I just want to pray for you before you go. God, we just thank you that on this Resurrection Sunday that you sent your son to this earth to die for us, to die for our sins, to die for our sickness, but that he did not stay in the tomb, but that he was raised again, that he went from death to life. So God, I just thank you right now that for those who are watching, that in this circumstance, in this specific situation, that people right now, in this very moment are being raised from death to life, that they're, they're uh, just gonna step into what you have for them next. So God, I am so thankful on this Resurrection Easter Sunday that you are with us, that you are for us, that you love us, that you are just restoring hope. I see that right now. You're restoring hope for those who are listening, for those who are watching. Lord, that you are bringing new life in those who are watching the circumstances right now. Lord, that, that we will be able to walk through the other side 
that there is life on the other side of what seems like in this moment right now is death. So God, I just thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for every person in the sound of my voice. I pray, Lord, that you would be with them this week, that as maybe today they said yes to Jesus, that this is the start of this race, that it is the start of this journey. So we are so thankful. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Thanks for listening. To hear more, subscribe to this podcast and connect with us on our website at lgcy.church.